Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Heavenly Father, these words are yours, and so we know that they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. The only intolerance that is tolerated is the intolerance of the intolerant. It's a mouthful, uh, but it speaks the truth about our society, about the culture in which we, we work and live, the culture in which we, as Christians, seek to express our faith in Jesus as the one and only single path of salvation. So the only intolerance that's tolerated is the intolerance of those who are intolerant. Is that us? Are, are we intolerant? Is the Christian faith intolerant? I'd say that when it comes to nationality or skin color or social status or, or culture, I would argue that Christianity is the most inclusive religion in all the world. Because our faith, the Christian faith, it doesn't care where you came from. It doesn't care how much money you have. It doesn't care who your parents are, what you look like, or what color your hair is. It proclaims the same exact truth to every single person. It comes to you and it says that you are a sin-stained wretch, an enemy of the only true living God. And that because of your sin, what you deserve is to be eternally separated from your creator, from the one who gave you the breath of life. Scripture comes to every single person and says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that there is no one who is righteous, not even one. And so Christianity, the, the faith of the Bible, is all-inclusive. It encompasses every tribe, language, nation, ethnicity, and gender. Every single one of us is exactly the same. We all deserve hell. But our faith, the Christian faith, is also comprehensively inclusive with the good news, too. Because we are all, no matter our background, no matter our skin color, no matter what language we speak, we are dearly loved by that one and only living God. And in that love, he has sent the world a savior. Not for some, but for every single person. And that love of God, the, the saving work of Jesus, of his son, it is all-inclusive and it encompasses every single tribe, language, ethnicity, and gender. We are exactly the same. And that the savior was sent for us. And so this, this truth of Scripture, both the, the law that, that tells us what we deserve by ourselves and, and his gospel, right, the good news of Jesus' work, of his innocent life, of his sacrificial death, of his victorious resurrection, this truth is the most inclusive truth the world has ever known, and it unites us in a way that nothing else ever could. But in practice, the message of Jesus Christ does not unite, it divides and we know this not just from experience, but this is what Jesus warned us about. This is exactly what Jesus teaches us. He says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. He tells you, a follower of Jesus, that you will be hated by all for my name's sake. That's because the name of Jesus, the Christian faith, draws a distinct line. You don't get to choose who your Savior is. You don't get to choose what he looks like or where he comes from. You don't get to choose how you are saved. The Bible holds him up and it says, this is him. This is your Savior and this is what he has done to save you and there is no alternative. 
These words, this text, they were, these words were spoken by Peter. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, so he was able to speak with boldness and a little bit of sass. The day before, he had gone to the temple, and, and there was a guy out there who had been lame from birth. He had never walked, taken a step in his life. And he's always out there begging outside the temple gate. And so Peter bends down. He says, I don't have money, but I'll give you something better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he did. And so this guy that everybody sees as, as lame, as, as can't walk, beggar on the, on the side of the gate, he stands up and everyone is, is it, their attention is on them. It causes this big commotion and Peter recognizes this is my opportunity. I get a chance to tell every single person here, no matter where they came from, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy, that he is the savior of the world. I get to tell them that this faith is not a faith that's just for here and now, but this is a global faith, a global universal truth. And it's not just for here, it's for eternity that the, the resurrection of the dead is real. And through faith in the name of Jesus Christ, you get to go to heaven forever. And so they arrested him. They hate the message of Jesus. And so the chief priests, the, the, the teachers of the law, the elders, they arrest him. And they, they put him on trial and they ask him, by what power, by what name did you do this? And filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, it was by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." So now here we are as, as Christians who firmly believe what the Bible teaches, who stand on Jesus Christ alone. And we have a, a passage like this in a world that screams for acceptance and intolerance of all worldviews of all religions. And is stated so concretely, so plainly that there is no way around it. There is no other name under heaven. Not there is no other name in Israel. Right? There is no other name under heaven. The, the, the same heaven that's over the Middle East, the same heaven that's over the United States, the same heaven that's over India, over every single other country. No other name under heaven given among men. And not just a specific social class or race or nationality given to mankind by which we must be saved. So the Christian faith, the faith professed by the Bible, is not inclusive, it's exclusive of every single other religion, every other belief system, every other way of enlightenment or transcendence. The word of God is clear that every single other path is incompatible with salvation. There's no back door, there's no scenic route. Every Muslim, every Buddhist, every humanist, every atheist is outside the grace of God and will suffer eternally. And this Christian faith is intolerant of other paths to heaven, not because it's our opinion, not because we came up with this, but because God declares this truth in his word. And because Jesus Christ, that Savior who is the Savior of all, has said it so resolutely and so clearly, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we, those who, who claim the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth as our Savior, those who have put our faith in him, are the only ones who are the recipients of the spoils of what Jesus won on the cross. His victory over sin, death, and the devil. His offer of, of grace and mercy and forgiveness, that is inclusive, that is for everyone, but that distribution is exclusive. 
That salvation is applied only to those whose faith rests in Jesus. And that kind of exclusivity today cannot be tolerated. But I think here is where Christianity is so often misunderstood because we don't come and preach this message with an an air of superiority. We don't preach this message with haughtiness or with condescension towards those who are on the outside. We're not preaching this message because we are better. We preach this message out of love, knowing that this gospel, this good news, is for every single person. It's not for a select group. It's not dependent on any of the ways that we divide ourselves. This message changes hearts. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. And so we preach this message to everyone indiscriminately in in awe and in humility because we know that that punishment for sin should also be ours. And we preach this way because we know so well the unfairness of grace, the grace that has been given to us. We know how unfair it is that we are the ones who have offended God. We are the ones who have fallen short in sin. We are the ones who deserve punishment, and yet it is given not to us, but to God's own Son, to Jesus. And that even though he's sinless, even though he's righteous and holy, in unfairness he goes to the cross and he suffers punishment for our sin. He suffers hell for our sin. He takes our place so that we can take his place. He wears our sin on the cross and suffers hell for it so that we get to wear his righteousness, and we do. He dresses us with that righteousness when he gives us this awesome gift of faith. He dresses us in his righteousness when he, when, he, when he comes to us personally and individually and he writes the name Jesus Christ on our heart, head and on our heart, signifying that we are a redeemed child of God. And we know that we did not, we know that we do not deserve this, but not any more than, than anyone else, but we wear that name of Jesus Christ on ourselves nonetheless. And because of that, there's salvation for us. The one name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved has been written on you by your Almighty, by the one and only living God. And because of that, you know that you get to live with the confidence of heaven. That message, as we live by it, as we, as we let it bring joy into our lives, as we carry that message of, of Jesus Christ and him crucified into the world, it has two reactions. Right? It makes converts or it makes enemies. There's very little middle ground here. And so as we, as as people who bear the name of Jesus Christ, go out into the world and continue to live in this world that is intolerant of, of intolerance, this calls for us to live with courage. Because it means that we're always going to stand as outsiders. We're always going to stand as the ones to whom intolerance is tolerated. That includes this college, right? Bethany Lutheran College stands here in the eyes of the world as, as weird doesn't it? Bethany Lutheran College is a strange and weird college, and it's weird in the same way that every other truly Christian institution or church is weird. Because Bethany was founded on the unchanging truth that there is one way, that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Bethany unabashedly teaches this and will continue to teach this. And so Bethany, like every other Christian institution, is seen as alien. And as members of the the Christian church, we know that that's exactly what we are. As people who bear the name of Jesus, we are aliens. We do not belong. And that's not, not, not a downfall. This is a beautiful aspect, again, of the Christian faith. Because there's no Christian country. 
Right? There's nowhere where we can move where every single person has all agreed that, that we cherish and, and treasure the gospel. Our faith is not confined to a location, to a certain people, to a certain place, a certain time. It is a, a faith that is true across time, globally, across any culture, across any race, nationality, or gender. There is no Christian country that we can move to. There is no Christian race. There is no Christian language. We as believers, and not just American Christians, but as American Christians or Chinese Christians, as Ethiopian Christians, we are united by the fact that the name of Jesus Christ is written on our hearts. We are united globally through time and eternity by the fact that, that we are aliens and exiles on this planet and that no matter where we live, we live out of step with every earthly government and national authority that exists, even as we submit to them. We don't fit anywhere because our home is not here. We have been redeemed by Christ, and so our home is with him. That's the message that we bring. It is by grace, through faith. There is no other way, there is no other path. It is not by works. It is only through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is your Savior. And he went to the cross to die for you, to, to pay for your sin. And he rose again in victory for you. That's how you're saved. There is salvation in no other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Knowing this, we will continue to live in this world as outsiders, as aliens and exiles, but we will be exiles together, united by our faith, confident in our eternal life, not tolerated, but hated for Jesus' name's sake. But we will not stop proclaiming that name, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and him crucified in love until he comes again. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.